Chapter 15 Axe's temperature is down to 92.8. Tobias announced from his perch as I rushed into the barn. I did a little math in my head. I'd been gone for about 9 hours. Axe's temperature had gone down 1.6 degrees. So he was losing not quite 2 points an hour. So we had about 8 hours before he hit crisis. Mr. 3 is coming back tonight, I told Tobias. I filled him in on my conversation with Mr. Tidwell and my plan. I should make it back from the York pool before Axe needs us to operate, I said. If I made it back. I started toward Axe's stall. Problem, Tobias said. His temperature has been dropping all day. His crisis could happen tonight, or a few hours from now, or basically now. I haven't been able to figure out a pattern. Sometimes it drops slow. Sometimes fast. You might have to do it yourself. The surgery, I said. You'll have to get Axe to tell you where the gland is. You can use that little room my dad uses when he has to set bones and stuff. There are supplies in there. So, Rachel and Marco? Tobias asked. Yeah, I answered. If I have to do it myself, I have to do it myself. Tobias said. Tried to finish saving the world early. You know more about medicine and stuff than I do. I'll skip the post-saving the world party, I promised. I wanted to be here when Axe hit the crisis. But I wasn't sure I'd be able to do much more than Tobias could. Yeah, I knew how to splint a bird's broken wing and stuff a pill down a raccoon's throat. But that wasn't brain surgery. Not even close. One cut in the wrong place? An axe could lose his ability to thought-speak. Or breathe. It would be so easy to cause him permanent damage. So easy to kill him. How could I live knowing I had killed a friend? That reminded me of Aftran. She was a friend, too. And pulling her out of the yerk pool meant excruciating Gondroner starvation, unless I could think of a solution. I didn't know how Jake did it. How did he make life-or-death decisions and not go insane with guilt and grief? Maybe I'll go check on the other patients, Tobias said, pulling me out of my thoughts. You should, I said. He wanted to check on Rachel. I need to head out in about an hour. I'll be back before then, he promised. He beat wings out of the hayloft window. I hurried over to Axe's stall. When I opened the door... Axe and Eric appeared in front of me. How are you guys doing? I asked them. Eric has been teaching me how to play rock, scissor, paper. Rock, smashing, scissor, I understand. Axe said. And scissor, cutting paper. But not paper, wrapping rock. Rocks do not breathe, correct? So how would this hurt them? Paper beating rock. It is sort of weird, I answered. Weird, yes. That is why I now owe Eric one million and seven dollars, Axe told me. I raised my eyebrows at Eric. He shrugged. One million and seven dollars. Is that a great deal of money? 
Ax asked. It's up there, I answered, giving his arm a quick pat. X pointed his stock eyes toward the barn roof. I don't see it up there, he said. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of money, I explained. X kept his eyes focused upward. Wait, now I think I see it. I'll go get it. He took a step forward, and a spasm raced through his body. That's okay, Eric said. Don't worry about it. We'll play more later and you'll win the money back from me. Axe didn't answer. He just kept staring at the ceiling. Eric leaned close to me. He's been like this all day, he whispered. He'll seem okay, and then he loses it. So he was still delirious part of the time. Any close calls with my dad? I asked. I glanced at the stall door. From this side, the hologram looked like a smoky silver cloud. I could only see faint shapes and shadows out in the barn. Tobias had to bust the cages once. The animals all freaked, and that kept your dad busy, Eric answered. Just tell me you're not going to get this stupid illness. Eric smiled. I've never been sick a day in my life, and I am really, really old. I turned my attention to Axe. Axe! Hey, Axe! Come on, stop staring up there. I need you to talk to me. Axe slowly lowered his stock eyes. Can you tell me where the tria gland is? Can you point to the spot on your head? I asked. You said the test wouldn't cover the tria gland. Axe complained. You said we didn't have to know the glands. Oh man, he thought he was back in school. This isn't a test, Axe. You're not going to be graded or anything. I tried to reassure him. Just take a guess. Where do you think the tria gland is? I need to know. Thump, thump, thump. Eric grabbed my shoulder and pointed into the barn. A dark shadow moved closer. It was my dad, thumping through the barn in his clunky work boots, and he was heading right for us. I threw myself at the stall door and scrambled over. It had to look like I had materialized out of thin air. You don't have to do a thing out here. I blurted. I already fed and watered all the animals myself. My dad peered over my shoulder. Where were you hiding? I was sure the barn was empty when I came in. I was right here the whole time. Gotta get those bifocals, Dad, I said. My dad frowned. You can't fool me, Cassie, he told me. I know you were in that empty stall. And why? My heart gave a hard double thump. You do? I asked. He nodded. You were pretending you were a horse, weren't you? He asked. I hadn't played that game where I pretended I was a horse since I was about five. Okay, maybe six. But I didn't tell my dad that. I just gave him a weak smile. Yeah, you caught me. Chapter 16 as soon as I got my dad out of the barn, I fed and watered the animals. I had to, since I'd said I'd already done it. Then I headed to the corner of the barn, where my dad had a little workbench. He's not Joe Carpenter, but he did go through a spell where he was really into making birdhouses. Plus, he makes cages sometimes, and does repairs around the barn, so he has a decent selection of tools. 
I knew my dad had most of the stuff I would need for the tria gland surgery in the operating room, but I didn't think he'd have anything I could use to cut through Axe's skull. My dad's a great vet, but he doesn't saw through bone much. I scanned the messy array of tools. Was there anything that could cut through bone? My dad had a saw with teeth I thought could handle the job, but the saw was way, way too long. Unless I was going to cut Axe's head straight down the middle like a big melon. I squeezed my eyes shut against the gory image that popped into my mind. I tried to reassure myself. The tria gland probably wasn't too big. I'd only need to make a small hole. A small hole leading directly into Axe's brain. Somehow, that thought wasn't all that comforting. I ran my eyes over the tools again. There was a power drill. That would definitely be able to make a hole through bone, but the hole would be too small. I saw a few more tools jammed behind a half-finished birdhouse. I picked it up, my fingers curling into the little round hole in the front. Hmm. That little hole was probably about the size of the one I needed to make in Axe's skull. I remembered what tool my dad used to make it. It's called a hole saw. It looks sort of like a corkscrew. Except, instead of a metal ring that fits around the top of a bottle, there is a little round saw. I rushed to the operating room, clicked on the fluorescent lights, and stashed the saw. Then, I made a little pile of supplies I thought I might need. Hemostats, retractors, scissors, syringes, surgical thread, cotton balls, bandages, betaine, alcohol. As I headed out of the operating room, I heard a flapping sound. Then, Tobai swooping through the hayloft. How's Rach? I began. Didn't get there, he answered as he headed toward his usual perch in the rafters. Started to feel... His words trailed off as he dropped lower for his landing. And lower. Way too low. Tobias, watch out! I screeched. Thump! Tobias ran into the rafters head first. He plummeted. Thud. He landed on the barn floor and lay still. No! No, no, no! I raced over to Tobias and dropped to my knees beside him. Gently, I scooped him up. I couldn't tell which was trembling, his body or my fingers holding his body. Tobias, are you okay? I crooned. He didn't answer. Tobias? Tobias! I swear, I didn't drink the bunch. He answered. A little groggy, but definitely alive. I slowly climbed to my feet, careful to keep from jarring him, and started toward the row of cages. I'm going to have to put you next to a golden eagle. I know you hate them, but it's the only room available right now. Tobias gave a weak flutter in my hands. What are you doing? He demanded. I'm going to get my dad to take care of you, I answered. I slid him into the empty cage and latched the door. You're locking me up? No way! Tobias cried. I want out of here! He struggled to his feet and puffed his feathers. I grabbed a chart and noted that the red-tailed hawk appeared disoriented. I added that I thought it had stunned itself flying into one of the rafters. If there were other symptoms, my dad would know how to handle them. At least I didn't have to worry about Tobias. I had to worry about Axe more. If he went into crisis while I was at the Yerkpool, there would be no one to operate. 
Tobias gnawed on one of the cage's metal bars with his beak. Oh, just stop it, I snapped. You're in the best place you can possibly be. I have no time, no time, no time for any crap, okay? Okay, he said meekly. Yes, ma'am, Eric said from the last stall. I tried to get a grip on myself. I took a couple of deep breaths. Didn't work. I wasn't calm. Chapter 17 Tobias was right, I thought, as I rushed into the house. I was the leader now. The leader of one. The last little monkey jumping on the bed. I found my mom sitting at the computer. I'm doing a report on animal brain surgery, I told her. Any books you think might help? Hmm. My mother reached out and pulled a thick green book off the shelf over her head. The introductory chapter in this one is pretty good. She grabbed a thinner volume. And this one has some good photos. I took them from her. Thanks. Rachel has the flu. I told her I'd keep her company a while, okay? Well, don't you get it, she said. She grabbed her coffee cup and took a swallow. I remember the day she got that cup. She and my dad and I were at the amusement park part of the gardens. They had one of those photo booths where you get your face put onto another body. We decided on all three of us as supermodels. My mom thought it was so hilarious, she had it put on the cup. She and I always teased my dad about how he was the prettiest of the three of us. He'd always laugh and give us these outrageous beauty tips. I'll tell her, I said. Lying, the way I've had to lie so often since that day Alfangor gave us the power to morph. Um, bye. I wished I could say something else. Something more. It could be the last time I... I rushed out of the house and back to the barn. I headed to Axe's stall. I took a deep breath, then stepped inside. How are you doing, Axe? I asked. One of his stock eyes swung a half-turn toward me. That was all the reaction I got. I just took his temperature again. 91.9, Eric said. It had dropped almost a whole degree in less than an hour. If it continued falling at this rate... There was no possible way I'd be back in time. Tobias said there was no pattern to the way the temperature fell. I had to hope that it would slow down now. Eric, Tobias is sick now too. I had to put him in one of the cages, I told him. If Axe reaches his crisis before I get back... I really didn't want to say this. But I had to. You can't go to my father or anyone else for help, I finished. What I was really telling Eric was he had to let Axe die. Eric nodded. I understand. If Axe was lucid, he'd understand too. I knew he would. Axe was a trained warrior cadet. He'd know that sometimes one member of a team had to be sacrificed to save the rest. I turned to Axe and rested my palm against his forehead. Can you hear me, Axe? I asked. I felt him move the tiniest bit under my hand. Had he heard me? Was he trying to answer? I couldn't be sure. Sorry, Axe, I whispered. I'd stay with you if I could. I felt hot tears stinging my eyes, and I blinked them away. You understand, don't you? I continued. 
I have to try and save all of us. Not just you. I slowly slid my hand away from his forehead. Then I turned and rushed out of the stall without another word. I grabbed my bike from its spot propped beside the barn door. I hopped on and pedaled hard. I wasn't going far. Good, old-fashioned, normal bike would be easiest. I pedaled away from Axe and Tobias and Eric. Away from my parents. Away from Jake, Marco, and Rachel. I was all alone. I slammed my feet down on the pedals, trying to burn off some of the fear building inside me, trying to block out all the what-ifs. What if I didn't get back before Axe reached his crisis? What if my plan didn't work? What if I got sick before I could save Avtran? What if I screwed up? What if? What if? What if? What if I had killed Avtran when I had the chance? I slowed down as I thought about that one. I'd been alone when I faced that moment, too. Alone, I had made the choice to let Aftran live. It had turned out to be the right choice. Aftran hadn't betrayed me or the other Animorphs. She'd gone on to do important work in the Yurk Peace Movement. If I got Aftran out of the Yurk Pool before the Visser interrogated her, the Peace Movement would continue. The Animorphs would continue to fight. If I failed... Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Um, feeling better this week. Not too much to say, uh, elsewise. I, I got a couple of messages to read, so let's get through those. Uh, these are both on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, the first one is anonymous and reads, Thank you for this so much. My friend has a hard time reading books, but wanted to experience Animorphs, and now she has been gushing about how amazing the audiobook is. I learned it was you she was talking about. You made it so someone else can enjoy a classic part of many of us, us's childhood, and likely have made more new fans of the series with your work. Thank you for your Thanks for your dedication to this. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank you so much, Anonymous uh, Question... Sorry, uh, they're they're called asks on Tumblr, so my instinct was called it a question giver, but that wasn't a question. Thank you, anonymous sender. Um, that's very sweet. I, I'm glad to hear that. That that that's very nice. Uh, I I learned today, yesterday. I'm so bad at time, people. Um, I learned that the uh the the official ones are on Spotify via premium, I think. Um. So I'm going to go check those out. I have not listened to them, actually, because I don't want to spend, like, $10 for um, a three-hour audiobook. But um curious to see what they sound like. If you've got premium, then, you know, you've, you've got them, too. Um, it makes... I expect to see a dip in my numbers, is what I'm trying to say. Because <laughs> uh, already, like, 60-65% of you guys listen on Spotify. And if the official ones are there, I don't take offense. I get it. As I said, I'm going to check them out as well. <laughs> But, um, another news. Hey, Willis is back. Uh, Willis writes, Golly gee, Batman, I sure hope this really contagious alien disease that is transmitted by air and cross-species isn't also transmutable through water. That would be awkward. I don't know where this is going, but what if the dark timeline splits off from here, and they accidentally infect the whole population of Earth because they put the Andalite illness, I forgot what it's called, and it's 9 in the morning, so I'm not checking. It's the Yomfut, in case you were wondering. Into the Water, uh, When They Were Eels, signed Willis the Arths. P.S. 
with a, I'm just going to take a stab at this, Pachycephalosaurus, nailed it, make a good pet, and would it like head pads? Let me look up which one that is. Is that the one with the bill? Accidentally paused my recording instead of opening a new tab because I was... It's fine. Uh, Pachycephalosaurus. Oh, no, it's the, like, the hammer, the... It's got, like, the little cap of bone on the top to ram people. Um... Let's start with that question. I don't think it would enjoy uh, head pats because that's like a hardened bone uh, on the top there. At, at least it was when I was a kid. I don't know if archaeology has discovered a new new stuff about that guy. But uh, it, it's it would be like petting a, a goat's horns, you know? I don't know that there's a lot of sensation there because its pr- primary use is to, to hit things. Um, but I don't know, it could make a good pet. Uh, probably. I don't know. Uh, as for the body of this, uh, this message that was sent in. Uh, yeah. The, the whole contagious thing seems a little weird. Um, I have to read it as it's contagious from the primary source, the Andalite, but then not, like, additionally contagious. Otherwise, yeah, it's gonna... It's going to ravage through the entire town, though I guess in humans, it's just a mild flu. How Axe knows that, I I, I don't know. But, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, virology was, was never the, um, the, the focal point of, of this series, right? But you're right, not super responsible to then go contaminate the water supply, possibly. Not not really responsible to morph eels and swim through the water supply. Um, you know, I not not really responsible for them to get into the water supply as humans. Uh, you know, they're carrying all sorts of things in, on their bodies, uh, including an antelite uh illness in this case. But you know, also like dirt. Don't do that. Uh, thank you both Willis and that anonymous uh person for writing something in. If you'd like to write in, you can do that a variety of ways through Tumblr, uh, which is who. How these two have chosen to do that, that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can do it through Gmail, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also do it through the contact form on, on my website. Ooh, my mouth's going all over the place today. Um, on my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. And uh, you can also leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'll check that as well. And those are all the things I normally say at the end of an episode, so thank you for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. Oh, actually, sorry, I'm back, P.S. My good friend Sarah just published uh, her new book, What Stalks Among Us. It's a YA horror fiction about being lost in a corn maze. Uh, If that sounds cool to you, check it out. Thanks. All right. Bye, everyone.